You win this battle, man, I soon be dead. I'll glue your face to my dick so I can fuck with your head. I got metaphors coming through my pores. You've probably never been in a battle before, so I hope you realize your mistake. There ain't no party, got some candles, this won't be a piece of cake. Put your fake, I can tell while I'm hotter than hell. Fuck Microsoft Word, I'm about to be a- Welcome to the Before Hours Podcast, an internet for radio phenomenon hosted by an occasional morning person. I ask the most interesting people I know about their sleep, their routine, life, love, stress, setbacks, whatever else comes to mind. If you want to write to the Before Hours Podcast, you may do so at the Before Hours Podcast at gmail.com. You could write what your morning routine is or anything else that's on your mind, and I write, might read it on the air. But for now, very funny comedian, very good friend of mine, please welcome to the show, Gabby Jordan Brown. Thank you for having me, Bobby. Yeah. Off mic, we were talking about the story of Esther. Yes. I won't make you uh, retell the story now, but if anyone's interested in the story of Esther, I guess anyone who's a Gentile that's listening, because do all Jews know about Esther? You know, I think that some of us do, and some of us do. Jews, there's such a wide variety of what we know and what we don't. Mm-hmm. You meet Jews who are like, I don't even know I'm Jewish. Or, I mean, I don't know. They know they're Jewish if you're asking them if they're Jewish. Mm-hmm. But you meet Jews who don't know anything, and then you meet Jews who know who wear the curls and they know everything who wear the curls yeah, yeah. they wear the well i'm sure they grow them out <laughs> they don't, they don't. there's no wig <laughs> it's like a weave <laughs> they go to a black barber shop yeah. <laughs> uh, give me those curls <laughs> what's up homie <laughs> can i say it <laughs> they're like to be fair i am a landlord Okay, so I own many housing projects in New York in City. In New York City, mm-hmm. yeah, which uh, landlords are an oppressed group. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> yeah, they kind of are in New York City, dude. They are not liked. I by, why. Me, by me included. By me included. I kind of don't know how to talk. It's a little too early for us to be talking. I think. Yeah. It's 1130. I, I am actually, uh, well, you should ask the question, but I mm-hmm. have thoughts about sleep. Okay. Give me your thoughts about sleep. That's that counts as my first question, by the way, for those keeping score. Well, it's funny that I asked you for this podcast to be earlier just because mm-hmm. I'm like throwing a housewarming. But I'm a super night person. Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, for me, I get the most creative at night. I I, I feel the most awake at night mm-hmm. and mornings for me. Like my ideal would be you start the day at 11. Yeah. But like you wake up groggy at 11 and you make your coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so you're not rushing at all either. You like no. a slow morning. I like the my ideal work day would be <laughs> you uh, you wake up at 11, mm-hmm. uh, you chill, you do your morning routine, you, you read the paper. I don't know what people do. I don't I don't read the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, just going to ask you read the paper. Are you actually 65 years old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just uh, you can you can enhance yourself like this too if you're 65. Mm-hmm. You can look like me. Hell but yeah. I, I mean, I am gray, but Ooh, yeah, just a little bit of gray. I'm a jealous of it, by the way, as a redhead. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to going gray. Maybe the Ed Sheeran jokes will stop. Probably not. Probably not. Probably. Uh, who's who's a weird looking guy with white hair? Um. Oh, do you remember Taylor Hicks from American Idol? No, that's a deep cut. But he was like 26 and had full gray hair. Yeah. And he won American. And he was this just ugly little cherubic man <laughs> he he won american idol and promptly was just never heard from again oh yeah that yeah. happens to everyone that's not kelly clarkson uh ruben the black guy that's not his name ruben uh, the black guy ruben yeah black guy. <laughs> hyphenated i think <laughs> that's his whole thing is that's my shtick is i'm a black guy <laughs> i mean there's open mic comedians who that's their shtick so if they're ever in a black room they're like fuck i'm yeah. supposed to be the only one no and clay aiken Yes. Who wasn't gay. I mean, he was gay, but he wasn't out until after he won. And it was the early aughts, so no one knew either. I mean, gay people knew. Gay people knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I weirdly, this this shows you where my sexuality is at. Mm-hmm. I had a big crush on Clay Aiken. Okay. The fucking gay ass man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I thought he was so sexy. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, while well, he has feminine features. I've always said that, that I'm like not necessarily only attracted to women, but mm-hmm. I'm attracted to femininity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a very feminine man mm-hmm. where, and not even like long hair, just like uh-huh. a little, just like soft and fruity where I'm like, yes, you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, the worst compliment you could get as a straight man. I think <laughs> usually I'm attracted to women, but you're so feminine that uh, I might, I might consider it. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a fucking little fairy that I'm so into you right now. I used to have a joke that uh, never worked, but I'm going to retell it right now is that because um, uh, I, I regularly date bisexual women and I think it's just 
because I live in Brooklyn. I think that's true. You know what I mean? But the joke I would do is that uh, uh, my penis is an option as long as no penis is also an option. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is good. You yeah. should bring it back. I'm going to try it. If yeah. the audience is made up of, uh, of you, then I think yes. we'll do well. Also, I mean, now there's several dudes who are in your position who mm -hmm. only date bisexual it women. It might kill in Bushwick. It might. It I might think work. in this apartment alone, probably <laughs> everyone who regularly frequents it, either as a bisexual wife mm -hmm. or a bisexual girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with actually uh, uh, the shout out to Chipper. Uh, I, he's a public person, so I could say uh, he is a bartender at the Tiny Cupboard where you and I both perform. Yes. And he recently told me, what did he say? He said, like, well, everybody's bisexual. And I was like, I think that's objectively not true. I think that's not true. And I'm always honestly so relieved when when someone in my life is mm -hmm. just like, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, thank you for just being it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys thank are you in for a press living group your right truth. now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I, well, there's the Kinsey scale, right? Mm -hmm. um, and how do we explain the Kinsey scale for people that might not know? It's like zero. Mm -hmm. It's a sliding scale. So zero on the scale is like I am repulsed mm -hmm. by the idea of even being like near anything sexual or kissing mm -hmm. someone of the same sex. I don't even talk to sex. my dad. Yeah, I don't even gay. talk to my dad. He might fuck me. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then six is the reverse uh -huh. where it's like I don't even talk to my mom because <laughs> she might fuck me. <laughs> And then everywhere in between is like a gradient. So I'm like mm -hmm. Kinsey four, more mm -hmm. attracted to women, but like a little bit by. Ah, interesting. Okay, which okay, so so zero would be totally gay. Zero would be totally straight, and oh, six is totally gay. Ah, yeah. okay, interesting. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I will say I I don't I don't know if this applies to you, but mm -hmm. I think that. It's it's fine and valid to be totally straight, but I often lose respect to people who haven't even tried kissing someone of the so, same sex. I've kissed a man. Yes, there we go. I've, I respect you. I've kissed a man, and uh, but it was it was at a comedy show for a bit. So <laughs> don't not, worry, guys. It was a bit. It, it was, was a, a bit, fellas. It was a bit, <laughs> fellas. Dad, we have, It was a bit. We, when we were in bed together, we mm -hmm. were filming it for the pod. We were we were doing uh, one of our little skits. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Grandma, grandma, you want to watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, grandma is dead. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, the, the bit killed her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she saw it. She's like, can't live long. It was it was uh, it was during uh, a gas digital show with. Uh, now famous comedian Tim Dillon. Stop. Yeah, no made, way. Made out with Tim Dillon as a bit. Oh my God. You know what was funny too? And uh, um, I don't know how to say this. He afterwards jolted, like left. And maybe it's because he's uh, like a real comedian. He's busy. Maybe. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But also I think part of him was like, I don't know who this Bobby Sheehan guy is. I'm not about to get me too'd right now because there is a version. Cause I just thought it was a, it was a nice time. You know, yeah. I, I really, it was really special to me. Was it a good but kiss? I, you know what? He was good, but I will say that I think, um, uh, on the Kinsey scale, I'm a six or seven, I guess. A, a zero. It did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will. It was a nice time. I will nice say time. I am so gay now. I, I was repulsed gay by the female touch. <laughs> Like because uh, I'm usually very sensitive. Yeah. Like if a like I'm 32, but if a woman like kisses me even a little bit, I'm this might be TMI listeners, but I get like fully hard. Wow. Yes, fully. That's very sensitive. That's very unusual. sensitive. But I was making out with Tim Dillon. Maybe maybe because it was publicly. Maybe because I was performing. Yeah. I didn't even get like a little hard. You know what I mean? Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And he was a good kisser, so that you probably are straight. And he's he's a sexy guy. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to, to, to Tim Dillon book me. I don't know yeah. on your I think he knows the who he is. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you're a comedian you have a like a, a healthy uh, conception of self. Yeah. Because you go oh my god, I always think of this this poor woman uh, she was doing stand up. That's it. That's the whole story. Uh, <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> she should be in jail. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but she was uh, she's from LA and uh, beautiful. Like okay. a, like I'm like you ever see somebody and you're like you just get angry at how attractive they are. Yes. So she's beautiful and she starts doing jokes about how she's fat. Yeah. That's L.A. <laughs> yeah. When I went to the L.A. open mics, it was all like that. It was these objectively gorgeous women mm. being like, "I'm in L.A. six. It's mm -hmm. like you need to move somewhere. You need to be somewhere else. I feel that way in New mm -hmm. York too, because like 
I don't feel like I'm ugly, but I go to these Brooklyn parties. I'm like, I'm hideous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these women are so hot. Mm-hmm. But when I travel, mm-hmm. like if I go down, to, when I went down to New Orleans to do comedy there, I was like, I'm sexy. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm the hottest. Bo- it's just like New York and LA. Yeah. They just, it, it's some kind of, uh, what's the word? Eugenics? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> we might have to Eugenics put this behind the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, actually, uh, can we clip that as a little bit of a teaser? Gabby's going to tell us all about eugenics and how it's not, quote, necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> so you just... <laughs> Guys, write this down. What they don't tell you... <laughs> what they don't tell you about eugenics mm-hmm. is that it just... <laughs> no. I'm just... <laughs> Abandoned bit. bit. Abandoned bit. Abandoned bit. It's, uh, it's to create the hottest people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm done. Mm-hmm. No I really... Actually, I think that is what it... Well, I don't think... I don't think... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Hitler. I forgot Hitler's what's name. His name? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the guy with he's the a genocide? Nobody. Yeah, yeah just, he's an open micer. <laughs> Dude, say what you will about Hitler. People remember him. <laughs> <laughs> I had a coworker once, this fucking dick, and he was like, in a way, Rosa Parks and Hitler were the same mm-hmm. because people remember them. Yeah. Oh my God. That sounds like something someone says right before they commit a mass shooting. Yeah, he was scary. Yeah. He also was obsessed with Elon Musk, and okay. he was like, Elon Musk works 80 hours a week mm-hmm. and then he, he would show up to work at like 11 uh-huh. and leave at 3 <laughs> yeah. while the rest of us that work rules. from like 8.30 to 6.30. I love that. Talking about working hard and not working hard. Oh, it was That's the best. That's so cool. <laughs> he, would, he would like take Ubers mm-hmm. on the company dime because he was really close with the CEO mm-hmm. so he could do that. But he got caught and he had to give the company back like $500. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Fuck, I love that guy. That's, yeah, that's, that's such your a, hero. The, 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 you, ever, you see that uh, episode of Seinfeld where like George Costanza just walks around with a clipboard <laughs> and uh, to look busy. And oh. he gets fucking, he like climbs the corporate ladder just from looking busy. And I've, I've worked alongside guys like that. And I've actually like, this sounds gross to like toot your own horn, but I've always worked hard, you know, at work. Um, and not even necessarily because I think it'll help my career. It's just that I have that Protestant work ethic, you know, from growing up, even though I was raised Catholic. Yeah. Um, so so I think that's just, you know, the guy that uh, the performative busyness is like so cringy and I hate it in and of itself. But I also hate how it seems like it works. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I think all CEOs are on cocaine Mm -hmm. at a base level Mm -hmm. so they're making these like split second decisions and if you just look busy Mm -hmm. that's all they look at yeah like i've i've seen people get fired because they just don't have an expressive enough face while they're at their computer Mm -hmm. it's like but that girl works so hard you know dude i had a i had when i worked at a sales job it was in office and um my boss called me in one day and she was like, I just noticed uh, you're doing great by the way, but I just noticed that you, you seem to leave like right at 6 PM, like right at 6 PM. And I was like, because it's when my shift is over. And she's like, yeah, I I understand. Robert, I understand. They call you Robert. They call call me Rob because Robert is a sale was a salesman, but Bobby Sheen is a comedian. Oh yeah. But they do figure it out. I have, I've had multiple bosses (laughs) be like, I Googled Bobby Sheen. And you have some interesting views about eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> but they're behind a paywall, behind so they, they paywall. won't pay for it. Um, yeah, she was, so she was like, you leave right at six. And I'm like, that's true, but I'm a salesperson. I'm one of the few people at the company as a salesperson where you could look at my performance objectively. It's just like, look at my commission. And I'm like, how is it in compared to everybody else's? Right. This sounds gross because I'm tooting my own, own horn. But she was like, yeah, it is high. And I'm like, so why does it matter yeah. that I'm that I leave at six? And I felt like the she answer. She wanted to fuck you, she, dude. <laughs> oh, I would have been game to be honest with you. A powerful woman. Yeah, I love a her, powerful woman in her fifties. Just bring lots of lube, and you're good to go. <laughs> 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 See, that's one of the things eugenics does. <laughs> no more dry anything. No more dry pussy. <laughs> yeah. 
just a guy that doesn't make women wet. And he's like, we have to figure this out. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. He he like had that yeah. whole thing about it. How he was like, WAP is a crazy song because my wife doesn't get like that. Everyone laughed. Dude, and that's, I mean, I know it's because of his religious beliefs, but he's only fucked one woman. And that's what happens when yeah. you, allegedly, who knows? Well, actually, I believe him. <laughs> I, I believe he's fucked one woman mm-hmm. and he's gotten three over the Pantan jobs at Hebrew school from boys. Okay. Oh, yeah. from boys. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, three Hebrew school hand jobs from over the pants hand jobs from boys in Hebrew school equals sex, full sex with one woman. I'm bad with the, yeah. the Jewish math. Yeah. Jewish math. <laughs> yeah. That's Jewish correct. math is uh, six million, by the way. <laughs> six million hand jobs. <laughs> That's how you count it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six million over the man's hand jobs equals one sex with a woman. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. We got to up these numbers. Yeah, dude. we do. <laughs> it's happening. Did you go to Hebrew school? I did. Okay. Tell me what Hebrew school is like. Hebrew school is fascinating. I just watched, have you watched that Adam Sandler movie? You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. No, it's real. I recommend it. Sounds like a hurtful thing to have told to you. Um, It was never told to me because mm-hmm. my bat mitzvah was lit. Here I am tuning my own. You're like, I am the best salesman in the world. I was hmm. like, my bar mitzvah was my, <laughs> it was do, the best time of my life. Do you have a mixtape from your bar mitzvah? I don't have a mixtape. Okay. I have, um, I have photos mm-hmm. and I think videos somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing time. Mm-hmm. All my friends were there. Um, I had no theme. Like some people have themes, Okay, but I just... They were like, what's your favorite candy? I was like, Almond Joys. And my parents were like, okay. And they put Almond Joys on all the tables, which like was Sounds great nuts. for me, but it sucked for everyone else. Mm-hmm. They were like, I want real candy. Yeah. That's such an old old lady candy. I think I am 65 <laughs> yeah. at heart. I think I am. You're, just, you're, eating, uh, you're eating hard candy, reading the paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is partying around me. I'm like, mm-hmm. You kids have fun. <laughs> I, I did try and read papers when I was younger because my dad would read the paper uh-huh. so I wanted to be like him yes and I I could not for the life of me figure out how to flip the pages and you know you're supposed to lick your finger for some reason so yeah. you lick your finger but my my saliva is too wet so yeah. I get the whole thing drenched mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it was like super so wet ass saliva wet, <laughs> wet ass paper <laughs> that's what they call it there's this picture of me as a baby and the same thing I was emulating my dad um so I would try to, I'm like a toddler in a high chair and I'm trying to read the paper, but the paper's too big for me. And by the way, I have the, I have a big head. I have the same size head that I do now. I'm convinced no. as I was when I was a toddler. So it looks like I'm literally like struggling to hold it up. So there's this picture of me, bright orange hair, same shitty hairline somehow, uh, giant head. And I'm just like, have this silly look at my face. Like, uh, like, Oh, I'm being just like dad. And by the way, the description on the paper is about the first Gulf war. Incredible. Yeah. How they hold your head up. (laughs) You know, like that, um, parable about the woman with, um, with the little ribbon around her neck. And if you untie the ribbon, her head falls off. No, it sounds like it was written by ISIS. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, and so, so what's the what's the moral behind the parable? I actually don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just always thought it was a great. Image. That's the the moral of the story is that there's a woman that needs a ribbon to keep her head up. Yeah, don't don't chop off your head. That's a great. Yeah, she did it to herself. Uh, us us girls, we do. So, so you're bat mit, bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Yeah. Mm. So Hebrew school. Going back to Hebrew school, mm. you're so not invited to my bar mitzvah, like, hits an interesting truth about it, which is that the social norms in Hebrew school are very different than the social norms in middle school. Mm. Because in middle school, it's like the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. The less well-behaved you are, the better. Yeah. Um, the more of a rebel you are, the better. But in Hebrew school, it's kind of like some level of... You, you, there, there's a little bit more respect for your instructor. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of ingrained. So the more respectful you are, there's a little bit more currency there. Okay. And um, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. I feel like Hebrew school wasn't as socially formative for me as Hebrew school choir. That was really formative. Okay. Because that was like where the theater kids went. Yeah. Okay. And that was where I shined. That was where I was in the Purim spiels, which is like. The Book of Esther, they like act it out every year. You're supposed to boo whenever someone says Haman. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to like shake the little, um, I forget what the fuck they're called. I'm a bad Jew. But there's like almost these little maracas they give out. You like shake it every time. When I heard it. that part of the ritual that when you say Haman, everybody freaks out and like, 
yells and it sounds like so much fun. And as someone that was raised Catholic, I'm oh, so jealous. Brutal. brutal. Yeah, because we just repeat the the words back to the priest and then sit and stand and kneel. What is confession like? Ooh, confession is uh, is kind of uh, it is strange because typically, so confession is a sacrament. Um, so there's a bunch of different sacraments. The first one is baptism, which you get done when, when you're a baby. So confession is the one is, is the second one you do. Um, and you're typically like in first or second grade. So you're supposed to go to the priest and the, the priest is like stand in for God himself. So you're confessing to God. Okay. Um, why you're not allowed to do it by yourself. I'm, I don't understand, but you tell it to a priest and it's so funny cause it's not even like. You don't even get to be like, I'm jacking off. You're too young to even jack off. You know what I mean? So you have to be like, oh, I I remember struggling as a little kid. I'm like, I talked back. to. It was a lot of I talked back. Yeah. Yeah. And the priest is like, well, can't talk back to your mom because she loves you. And say three Hail Marys. And that's it. But you're so nervous. Right. Because you, it's, it's, uh, you're talking to an adult that you don't know very well. And then you have to be like, here's all the bad things I've done. You know? Oh, that's mm-hmm. hard. Well, it's also like I always found it weird how kind of like transactional it seems mm-hmm. where it's like you could be like I murdered someone. They're like, OK, say mm-hmm. like 17 Hail Marys. Yeah. It, it's that the currency. Is that the math? Like, I think you might have to do more than 17 Hail Marys. Oh, that, that, that is a lot of Hail Marys. But if you if you kill somebody, I my understanding is the priest will tell you you should turn yourself in. OK, because you can't you can't escape worldly responsibility and then enjoy otherworldly or otherworldly rewards. But what about a lower level crime? Like how many Hail Marys is I stole from Whole Foods? <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, like I don't. And also, are you just saying Hail Mary over and over mm. again until you're. Well, they throw in an Our Father. An Our Father is longer. I feel like Hail Mary. Hail Mary, I think. It's what I was recommended to do as an adolescent. And I think it's it's because it's not as long as the Our Father, but it's not as short as the Glory Be. You know okay. what I mean? So it's like a it's like a like a B tier level prayer. Yeah. You know, so you were like a mid level delinquent. Mm-hmm. You're also kind of apologizing to mommy. I feel like when you say Hail Mary, you're yeah. like, mom, I'm sorry. Do you have mommy issues, too. <laughs> <laughs> the explanation uh, that uh, a CCD teacher gave me, which is like that's a CCD is like the, the for anybody listening is like the Catholic version of Hebrew school, I suppose. I, I guess. And yeah. she she would say uh, saying Hail Mary or praying to Mary uh, is good because um, you want to talk to Jesus. Jesus is God. Um, he's He's God the Son, and there's God the Father, and there's God the Holy Spirit. They gotta to- give him a different name. <laughs> it's totally. It's not. It's definitely not an amalgamation of Jewish teachings and paganism. Yeah, Don't think that. Definitely not. It's one God, but also three persons. One God is still monotheism. So it's not. So God the Father and God the Son, it's one God, but they are two entities. They're two entities. So they're all God. It's so you got like Star Wars a New Hope, Star Wars the Empire <laughs> Strikes Back, and Star Wars Return of the Jedi. That's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all Star Wars. But they're different parts of Star Wars. Oh, I see. So God is a franchise. God is a franchise. <laughs> okay. The most successful one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah the merch is crazy. The merch industry. goes crazy. You go into any room, there's a crucifix. Yeah, yeah. I know. How do they How do they get it out like that? Yeah. I gotta get my podcast out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to get tortured for hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the older women thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. into that. Yeah, let's Ooh. get tortured (laughs) getting tortured by an older woman yeah it sounds Mm. great yeah okay i honestly wish that like so this is not true like the lower way but Mm. like the higher way like Mm. i wish that for lesbians it was like in the gay male community where people could just date like people in their 60s -hmm. and have it be fine i would date a 60 year old woman easy and just let her like whip the crap out of me every single day oh the two things are related though yeah. Because she's older and she'll be dominant. Yeah, 100%. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, uh, not to be TMI, but I like mm-hmm. to be dominated by any, I was see, I was sleeping with someone younger this summer and mm-hmm. she was very dominant and it, I think in a way made the age gap less weird mm-hmm. that she was so dominant. Yeah. 
Yeah, because but I mean, I'm just like a sub little bitch everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. That's actually the your Instagram bio. Sub little bitch. Comedian sub little bitch. Yeah, I should make it my Instagram bio. (laughs) Right now, my Instagram bio is a account run by Megan McCain. Oh, that's hilarious! (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I'm obsessed with Megan McCain. I don't Uh know why she she manages to be annoying in a way that's so inoffensive mm-hmm. and like makes her so not famous mm-hmm. except when she comes up in the news cycle every mm-hmm. four years says something asinine everyone clowns on her yeah and then she promptly leaves the news cycle again yeah how does she do it yeah i think i think she has a little bit of currency um inside of the uh mainstream media because she is one of i believe four never trump republicans i think it's her and liz cheney Okay. Where they're like, Trump is bad. They're the, remember when he was, uh, when Trump was running for the primary? Yeah. Uh, like, oh, God, what was that? 2016? Yeah. There were a bunch of never Trump Republicans, and then they all slowly. They all slowly. That's the thing about Republicans, dude, is they, they, they're team players. Yeah, like, they do. As soon as he won the nomination, together. they were like, actually, he's pretty cool. I think that they all just somehow got like paid off or something. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think that when money talks or they're offered a sweet deal in some mm-hmm. other way, they're just like, okay, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I think in a way, a lot of politicians are like that. I will say, though, my my like conservative friends, like registered Republican friends, uh, mostly uh, folks that I know from high school, um, like during the primary, they're like, no way, this guy's insane. And then once he won to me, they would be like, listen, I'm not happy about voting for him, but of course I'm going to vote for him. He is the Republican. Can- I'm like, dude, that's what the Democrats have to do. Because whenever like Biden won the the primary, I have so many friends who are like Bernie, and yeah. I'm like, no, 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 not Bernie. The time for Bernie is done. Yeah, <laughs> we got to elect someone as crazy as Trump who is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Like, um, oh gosh, RFK Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of an adjacent celebrity, like mm-hmm. um, someone like not annoying, mm-hmm. but just as as like, like, I'm thinking of like and Woodley. Do you know her? No. She was engaged to Aaron Rodgers very briefly. Okay. And she. You're, and you're the one that knows more about sports oh, of the two of us. Wow. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Win for us girls. As I explained to you, Shailene Woodley, the actress. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not like other girls. So Shailene Woodley. <laughs> she's beautiful. She's beautiful, intelligent, wise. No, I, I can't. I mean, she's one of these like woo-woo crystal anti-vax mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think if, she. If you're listening, slide into my DMs. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Or Gabby's. This, yeah. <laughs> we'll fight over you. Yeah. Um, she, like, I think she and Aaron Rodgers bonded over that, over mm. that, like, medical malpractice kind mm-hmm. of, like, fun insanity. But mm-hmm. she said things like, every morning I wake up and I, um, I, like, go out to my porch um, with my, like, just bare vagina exposed to the sun, and I do an hour of sunning to make myself feel better. Okay. Yeah. So that's the kind of person who I think we need to elect. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, Just her and Trump arguing with each other. I need, like, I need that. (laughs) Or, or like, you know, maybe, like, Marshawn Lynch. That'd be cool. He was, he's a football player. He's really, I love that I have to explain football to like a cis man. So this football guy, yeah. right? I mean, I, I, I had a, a, a riff with a friend of the show. He was, he was talking about um, football and I said eight guys on a football field. And he was like, I think what sport has eight people? What so- sport does soccer? I don't know. Maybe. Eight was in my. I actually don't know about that. Anyway, so you're saying this guy? I mainly know baseball. <laughs> well, Marshawn Lynch was this guy who um, he played. I think he still plays football, but he would go to press conferences, and every question he'd be like, "I'm just here so I don't get fined." Ooh. And then recently, he was in the movie Bottoms. Okay. And he's not an actor, mm-hmm. but they just let him improvise all his lines. Mm-hmm. And he was funnier than like anyone in that movie. Hell yeah, dude. Like him versus Trump. I fuck heavy with that. Ah, John Fetterman versus Trump. I could fuck with that. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly think like, even though like I'm not crazy about Joe Biden, I think that remember the first debate with Joe Biden and Trump where uh, 
uh, at one point, like they're shouting over each other. At one point, Biden goes, would you just shut up, man? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, unpresidential. I'm like, no, that is actually if you're going because that's why Hillary lost, because she was being like a nice lady. Yeah. While he was just like being a lunatic. I'm like, you kind of got to out lunatic Trump. You, you know? know who I just thought of, too? Eric Adams. Don't yes. like don't uh -huh. like anything about mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. But everything he says is a Mad Lib. Yeah. It, it seems like random nouns and adjectives got subbed into whatever he meant to say mm -hmm. him versus Trump. Amazing. I think I think that would be very good to win the Democratic nomination, I think, would be easy for him because while well, I said this about when he won Eric Adams is the mayor of New York, by the way, he I knew he was going to win uh, New York mayor because he's black. Yeah. And because he's a cop. Yes. So that's like that to be a black cop right now. It's like the best of both worlds, I think. I I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that I think that could be applied to New York City, but I think it could be applied nationally as well. I also think just the cop support in New like we live in a bubble where that's not the case. Mm -hmm. But being from New York, I, I I like often find myself having to explain to people who just moved to Bushwick and never uh -huh. went anywhere else. I'm like, yeah. no, this is a conservative town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to Sheepshead Bay, it's mm -hmm. not like this. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even like in pockets of like you know, upper Manhattan or deep Queens, there's just a lot of like, you know, both sides is like, Hey, my friend's a cop or my cousin's a yeah. cop. Like you're not going to hear a lot of fuck cops mm -hmm. in New York yeah. specifically. Yeah. In this specific neighborhood, you will see that type of graffiti everywhere. Yes. And then, so if you just moved here, you're like, I'm in anarchy city, baby. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're like spitting in the face of cops. Yeah. And then they're like, so what happened mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was you fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I think that's cool as fuck, but it's just it's just not the case everywhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you're from New York. Yes. Where in New York are you from? I'm from around the East Village area. Ooh. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I'm a city gal. Nice. What was it like growing up in New York? We're like the same age. So yeah. like in the 90s, what was New York like? Um, I mean, really safe and fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for me, where I was. Uh, I do think that I would not raise my kids in New York just because I was very like ADHD kid always running around and I kind of wish I'd had more space to do so. Mm -hmm. But that said, it was incredible. Like I got exposed to so many different viewpoints, so many different kinds of people. Um, I got a good like creative education. My parents encouraged me to be creative because that was the city we were in. I went to theater. I, you know, saw a bunch of movies, dance performances like Right now, like my sister is a dancer working in Philadelphia professionally as a dancer. So it's like we both went into the creative professions. And I think New York really influences that. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the other thing about growing up in New York is you do get a bit of a leg up because you meet people in the industry and they're like, here's the secret. The industry's fucked. <laughs> That's the secret. <laughs> yes, that is. Once you know the secret mm -hmm. sauce that it's like everyone either knows someone or like you know, has friends who are like making things happen for them yeah. or they got a trust fund to rely on. Mm -hmm. It's like once you know that life isn't fair, mm -hmm. you just you, you're like, that's out of my control. Yeah. That this person got something mm -hmm. that maybe someone else deserved. But once you I was talking about this with, uh, do you know, Ryan Thomas? Yes. Yeah. I was talking about this with him last night. Like once you know something's out of your control, you can effectively be like, OK, I do what I do mm -hmm. and that's it. And that's how you like survive in the creative industry because you you have to have a really thick skin. Yeah. And just be like, fuck, this is this is what it is. And I'm not gonna take every little slight personally. Yeah. I'm just gonna do what I can do. And you gotta love what you're doing so much that you yes. put up with all the other bullshit. Like I do feel bad for I could I could see in a comedian's face when they're on stage and you're they're doing a show for four tourists that don't speak English and are also mad at them. And they're having a bad time. And I'm like, this might not. Yeah. Yeah. This might not be for you if you can't. You know I what know. I mean? Because it's like even when I go into just the worst open mic on the mm -hmm. planet and mm -hmm. I bomb, I'm still like, I would rather be doing this than anything else. Yeah. Like the first time, the first open mic that I did, I, by the way, I was appropriately ready for how bad it was going to be. And I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as bad as I was anticipating it. Yeah. Being, you know, um, I feel so bad for like, uh, especially like hot people. And they're like, I'm very, <laughs> this is going to sound sour grapes. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not hot, dude. But uh, like, 
the type of person that's like funny with their friends and then they go up there and they're like, oh no. You know yeah. What I mean? I've seen it live. Yeah. I've seen people be like, should I try stand up? I'm mm. good at improv. And yeah. then they go up and they're like, oh, this is hard. Because it's also like, it's very tempting when you're not in comedy mm -hmm. to see a show full of people who are bombing, mm -hmm. who like can't catch the crowd mm -hmm. and be like, I could do that. And then you go up, you're like, I see why you're all bombing. Yeah. I even fall prey to that now. If I'm in a mic or a show where mm. everyone's bombing, I'm like, no, I'm going to be the one who you gets them. You always think you're the one that's going to And then my it. first joke tanks, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always, yeah. In that situation, I could just go in the middle of it. I thought I was going to be the one to turn it around. And uh, people laugh at the narcissism of yes, that. Yes, <laughs> they do. Yeah, they're like, oh, of course you thought that. Yeah. First time I was on stage, though, uh, first open mic I ever did, I, even though it was like going so so, uh, I feel very privileged that in that moment I was like, oh, this is what I got to do for the rest of my life no matter what. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because some people never have that. I they, know. they never figure out what they want to do. And uh, the harder it seems, um, to, to make it doing comedy, uh, that's hard, that's hard, but at least I have that baseline of like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know when I mean? do you feel like you found that? Oh, uh, the first time I was on stage, oh, yeah. first time on stage, like unequivocally I knew. And so even though I had like a so, so set, a, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And B, I knew that that feeling that I had, I wanted to have for the rest of my life. Right. I, uh. I got, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. I got sober. Um, and then six weeks later, literally everything like fell into place. I found a, a job that could support me moving out of my parents' house. And then I did my first open mic, had that experience. And I was like, wow, all the pieces are coming together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I, I realized it like, I wasn't on stage yet, but I watched mm. Michelle Wolf do stand up at okay. the cellar. And I and I left that show and I and I cried after and oh, I was shit. like, but not but it wasn't a sad cry. It was like a happy cry where uh -huh. I was like, she was so amazing and she was so inspiring. I have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, so you knew before you had even tried it. I no, I had tried it in college. Uh -huh. I because I went to college in the city. I basically never left New York City for more than like six weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. I did like a stand-up class at Caroline's. So I'd like been on stages. I'd been at clubs. But for some reason, I just like, when I started like uh, working a really intense job, I just dropped off of it. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, stand-up's not a career, yada, yada. Yeah. And then um, when I saw the show, I was like, no, fuck my career. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that. Hell yeah, dude. And this, and stand-up's really the first thing where even when I tried it in college, I was like, this clicks into place for me in a way no other creative pursuit has. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I went to acting school. I used to be an actor, and then I did improv and all that shit. But I was just kind of like nothing is my my um, ability in this field doesn't match up to the people who actually make it. Mm -hmm. And in comedy, I feel like no one is. I don't know. The, in comedy, you have to have a certain amount of like mental fortitude, I think, where it's like you just take a million knocks until you get to the top. But or until you get to the middle, <laughs> getting to the middle is also fine in comedy, which is my favorite thing about it, because I love love staying in the middle. <laughs> but it's also like it's just I was like, I can control a crowd on a base level. Like if I go up, even if my shit's bombing, I can I can it, it's it's rare that I will absolutely lose them and if i do i'll just get off early like mm -hmm. I, I i felt like my instincts clicked into what it what it was yeah yeah and i had never had that with anything else yeah yeah so once you find it hell yeah and then nietzsche said oh my god how pretentious uh he who has <laughs> nietzsche frederick nietzsche i know okay <laughs> it's just I was doing like uh, a, was doing don't like clip a, Maxim. Do not clip that. <laughs> Maxim, clip don't it. Don't clip me mansplaining who one of the most famous philosophers is. Please. I was Barbie moving you <laughs> yeah. so hard. <laughs> you should have been twirling your hair while you asked. Oh my God, what? Nietzsche? Is that like French? Yeah. <laughs> but he said, he who has any why You're can red. endure anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the podcast is over.
<laughs> Sorry, go on. He he has any he has any uh what? <laughs> Why can endure anyhow? Oh, yeah, it's fascinating. A great quote. Okay, dude, yeah, I think that it. when I'm in the fucking trenches, yes. Which what a fucking um <laughs> offensive thing to say yeah. while I'm in the tr you're doing a bad stand-up show and you're like this is just like World War One. You, you say that? Well, it's just as gay. You say that? <laughs> <laughs> but so many Dude, people. World War One is so gay. World War One, they're in trenches together and they're mm -hmm. boys. Oh, what else could it be? Oh, there was definitely a few gay awakenings yeah, in the trenches. Kinsey eights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, have you ever had someone come up to you and they're like, genuinely, like, you're so brave for doing this? Mm -hmm. I know we always think it's dumb, but mm -hmm. public speaking is like legitimately so many people's worst fears. Mm -hmm. It was like the Seinfeld joke where he says, um, uh, they they pulled a bu bunch of people and said, what's your greatest fear? And the number one one was um, uh, public speaking. And the number two one was death. Wow. Yeah. So I think the joke goes, uh, if you're at a funeral, more people would rather be in the casket than being the one giving the eulogy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've never under, I've always like, I was shy for a bit as a child, mm -hmm. but then I just grew out of it really fast. Yeah. And I, maybe it's a narcissism, but I've never understood why people wouldn't want to just entertain everyone around yeah. them. Like, I think it's fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a certain, like, I don't know what it is. I've been trying to think about, like, what makes people so afraid of that. I think uh, uh, being judged. Yeah. I think people hate being uh, judged. And when you are speaking in public for any reason, you can't... Uh, uh, go back into the background. Like if you're at a, a dinner with maybe mixed company, some people you don't know, and you say something, uh, it might may or may not be interesting or may or may not be funny, but you could at least like sink back in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas like if you're up there giving a presentation, you're there like the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's in front of a bunch of people too. You That's know? true. Um, like I know people are like, uh, like the first time you're sleeping with someone, you're like, oh, I'm at my most vulnerable, but it's only one person there. You know, if it was a room full of people and one of them was your boss, it might be a little more Yeah, thank God when you're sleeping with someone, you don't have to talk to her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, dude. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Not true. Yeah. I speak to women and I listen. Mm -hmm. That's, I, that's why I had you on the podcast. Cause yep. I, I heard that you listen to women. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna transition so I'll listen harder what's that <laughs> I was, that was a dumb joke sorry mm -hmm. that was a stupid was, riff hey I love I love stupid riffs dude we've had a lot of stupid riffs we've so had far. a lot of stupid riffs today so you talked about your morning or not being a morning person do you have a nighttime routine like do you wind down before you go to sleep I should I've been doing a joke about this actually that like when I went on a girl's trip with some friends, they all had sleep routines. Mm -hmm. Like They put in like sleep podcasts or put on an eye mask. Uh -huh. And every night before bed, I just Google something like, where's Amanda Bynes? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, productive too, I guess. I, I just do it for like an hour. Uh -huh. I'm just like, I think it's because nighttime is the time I'm most awake, so it's the mm -hmm. time I have the most questions about the world around me. Yeah. So I just want to Google everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I my my best friend, who's not a comic, who I've known for like ten years, mm -hmm. she and I bond over that. Where she will Google everything anyone says. Mm -hmm. Like, if she were right here in this conversation, she would have Googled like ten things we said already. Yeah. She just has to know. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like that to like a tiny degree. Like I like to just whatever I'm thinking I'm like whatever happened with that yeah I think that uh this is embarrassing but when when I finish that at night and I actually want to go to sleep I uh I'll hug my comforter mm -hmm. like it's a person yeah <laughs> and then and then fall asleep there you go yeah I mean it's just because I was in a long relationship so it was like you know I would like be able to snuggle someone every night. And mm -hmm. then when we broke it off, we're still very good friends. But um, when we ended things, it's just like the nights are the hardest part about yeah. falling asleep. Yeah. That's when you're like, okay, I'm at this moment. I am single. Oh, yeah. deeply. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about like what it means to be single because do you ever have those friends who um, 
they are saying they're single, but they're fully in an emotional relationship with someone. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those people are effectively not single because mm -hmm. they are tethered to someone else. Yeah. Or thinking about someone else every night before mm -hmm. bed. But right now, for the first time in like years and years, because I was in a long relationship before mm -hmm. my four-year one as well. Mm -hmm. For like the first time in seven years, I am thinking about nobody or like with nobody before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. So I am just like, I am here. And mm -hmm. what the fuck do I do? Yeah. Like that's what being single is, I think. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You, cause it's like, uh, the give and take of, of being single is like, you have the freedom and you're like, I could do whatever the hell I want. And sometimes that lasts the entire day. And even if I'm generally, uh, happy being alone, um, yeah. At night you're like, Oh yeah, this is, I do think it's, it's why I have to have the, like the TV on in the background. I'm like, oh. those are other people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're talking. <laughs> what are they saying over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, Tina Fey, she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Fey, if you're listening, please slide in my DMs. Please slide mm -hmm. into his DMs. Especially, <laughs> I don't know, the voice of a woman who sounds like they might cuddle you. Yes. <laughs> Something else. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Tina Fey sounds like that. She sounds like maybe she would like coldly be like, I'm going to bed, but mm -hmm. like kind of secretly want you to cuddle her. Yeah. Well, That's yeah. All. Yeah, you, you know what's uh, nice about her is she's like tough, but you know she's also like pretty feminine. Yes, mm -hmm. that's my thing. Is that your type? Um, yeah, I like I like someone that's a little bit tough. You know what I mean? You know, someone to tell the waiter that they gave me the wrong food because I'm not gonna. But do you're it. not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna sit there and become a puddle. Yeah, I realized I like um I like dorks. Mm. Um, my my ex girlfriend, she was very femme, but also like very nerdy and very smart and like mm -hmm. um very kind of like quiet, but would come in with the one liners. Mm -hmm. And I tend to like these like really kind of like almost autistically smart people mm -hmm. where it, it happened at this I was at this gay bar recently and I was kind of like dancing and then there was this gay guy and he just like pulled my hand over to this hot girl, this like smoking hot, like 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. and was like, what are you both doing right now? You guys have to kiss. And that was, I was like, oh my God, dream come true. But then we're making out and there's actually no chemistry. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. I was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I realized it was because I had had a conversation with a different girl at the bar who was talking to me about some shit she was interested in, uh -huh. some weird numbers thing that was happening at her job. And I was okay. like, I like her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just like a normal kind of like girl. She was like wearing a flannel, just kind of like bopping around, mm -hmm. awkwardly looking around, observing everything. Yeah. I'm very into that. I'm very into women who are overly observant because mm -hmm. I'm probably observant of people, but not observant of my surroundings at all. Mm -hmm. So I like, I almost need like a seeing eye dog. Because <laughs> I don't see anything Put a around vest me. On her. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't pet. She's working. <laughs> don't pet my girlfriend. <laughs> but only because she's working. <laughs> only because she's working. Yeah. When she's off work, yeah. give her as many pets as you want. Mm -hmm. I'm a. It's like being cucked, but for petting. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like people like. I like people who are a little bit on the awkward end of the spectrum, like whether they show it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, I think. Not that this happens to me often. Like that thing that happened to me at the bar was like that has never happened to me in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. But it when when someone is so hot and so well put together, it's almost like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Just go be married. Yeah. Why are you what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> you must have brain damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I felt that. i uh yeah, I, I had to get over that where I'm like, this woman is too attractive for me. I'm like, because that's negative self-talk. Yeah. You know what bit. I mean? Because yeah. I, I do think we're very talking about like uh, L.A. and New York, how yeah. we're like very uh, like I've stopped thinking about leagues because I'm like, that's just not a healthy way to be. Right. Like if a woman if a woman says she likes me or acts like she likes me, I should just believe her. Yeah. You know? You're also not a bad like you're a decent looking guy. Thank you. We're going to have you back on. <laughs> how would you like to be on every episode yeah. of this podcast forever? Mm -hmm. But it's also like. I think women like men who are active listeners. I feel like on a like active listeners. 
I feel like on a date, you'll listen. Mm -hmm. You'll sit. You, you've been listening to me. You know, you'll sit there and. Oh like, my god, is she saying I'm a good listener? Yeah. That's 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 right below. You have a great personality. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know what you. Mean. I think it's how mm -hmm. Pete Davidson gets all his women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think he's just a listener. And maybe the rumors about his giant penis. I have I have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be both. It could be both or some. I mean, I haven't slept with both. that many men and I honestly mm. don't know how giant penises don't break women. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm I'm anti giant penis. Mm -hmm. I think all penis well, so am I, but for a different reason. <laughs> 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 this is an anti giant penis podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the small penis union. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. The SPU. We will. We shall overcome. Oh, my God. How offensive. <laughs> Because <laughs> that was coined by a group of people who historically do not have small penises. We'll walk hand in hand job. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't insult the penises of that group. <laughs> that would be the worst thing you could do. Mm -hmm. It'd be the worst thing you could say to black people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Silly little riffs. So many yeah, but uh, uh yeah, being a good listener is good. I've I've been an observer of a man and a woman on a date where the guy is like I'm like, dude, just shut the fuck up for like a second. I have observed the same thing. Yeah. Because yes. you want to, you're, I get it too. I don't think it's necessarily someone's like narcissistic or that they like to hear themselves talk, but they want to be interesting because that you want to be interesting on a first date. But I think like, yeah, not listening or I'm sorry, being a good listener is a skill that people don't have. So if you could, if you could demonstrate both at the same time, then you're golden. I think nothing will ever be more interesting to someone than what they are interested in. Yeah. So if you can just ask someone like, what do you love to do? Mm -hmm. And and kind of actually get them to open up about it. You mm -hmm. just like unlock them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I think uh, on a first date, I am um, I wait for the silence to to have like a question. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I because uh, then you could let someone go for as long as they want. And mm -hmm. if you if you get someone talking about what they're passionate about, they will talk for like a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then to have something like ready when the silence gap comes, then that's a good conversation. Because I've had that when I was younger. Uh, I'm like, just listen, just listen. And then like they're done talking. You just kind of you're like, then yeah. that's weird. Then it's like, all right. And I. Are you a guy? Are you? <laughs> is there anything behind the eyes, sir? Yeah. <laughs> My mom always told me growing up, she was like, I think she assumed at this point that I was going to date men. She mm -hmm. was like, if you ever meet a guy who um, looks like he's looking off in a far off direction and it seems like he's thinking about something, he's never thinking about anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which feels like a personal experience thing. Like, I don't know that that's true, mm -hmm. but it was good advice. It is great advice. What I've been I I've experienced a couple times is when I am I feel like I'm doing a, a a good job of like not talking too much is that sometimes the woman would be like, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm rattling on and on. I must be boring you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I think that for a long time, no one has really listened to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always super interesting mm -hmm. to me because I've never had that. Pr I've always mm -hmm. been fine being a chatty broad. Mm -hmm. And if someone's like, Gabby never shuts the fuck mm -hmm. up. I'm like, yeah, I'm interesting. Yeah, <laughs> there is. a Yeah, there is a difference. I I, I think that's a good uh, to, to have the thought of I'm interesting communicates good confidence, I think, because there are some people that I think they talk a lot and it's because it's like it's a product of anxiety. I suppose. You know what I mean? But if it's not that, if it's just that you know a lot about the Battle of Bull Run. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, wow, this guy has a lot of uh, thoughts, a lot of uh, opinions. <laughs> I have seen you do stand up about how mm -hmm. much you know about the Civil War mm -hmm. and how you can't bring it up on a date. And mm -hmm. it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it. But even that. Dude, I think anything that's not porn or video games, women are excited to hear you talk about it. That's true. You know, it's. Or crypto, I guess. Yeah. Even crypto, if you just bring it up the right way, I think you'll be fine. Um, well, I think crypto's dead now, isn't it? I have no idea how crypto works. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a renaissance man over here. Yeah. <laughs> it would be funny if some man was really able to like elegantly talk about porn and video games on a date. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is uh I had a, a woman one time, we met on a dating app and um, she was like, 
I, I remember her being a little older than me. I'm 33, so maybe like 34 or 35. Um, and old maid. An old yeah. That's why I told her. I was like, geez. <laughs> but uh, she was <laughs> she was like, um, I could tell she's been through the ringer in terms of like relationship stuff. And I I think actually you know, in your 30s you're bound to have some. You have some good ones, but you've also had some bad ones. You yeah. know what I mean? So she, uh, one of the first messages, she goes, can you tell me what your relationship is like with the following things? And then she has bullet points. And they are porn, video games, Reddit. And I, in that moment, well, it made me laugh, but I was like, I think she's had some bad experiences. <laughs> she's like, before we go any further, are you addicted to one of these three things? <laughs> well, they all happen on the computer. So mm -hmm. I'm just imagining that her last relationship was just like with a robot man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Unclear. <laughs> like an AI person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think those are like um, for, for a millennial man. Um, there's a high likelihood that a, a millennial man is addicted to one of those three things. Yes. You know what I mean? And my honest answer was, uh, I'm on a porn sabbatical. I've talked about that on the podcast before. Uh, I don't play video games just because I'm not good at them. And, uh, I, uh, scroll Reddit while I'm pooping. And that is what I told her. And it's weird to talk about poop that early in a text exchange. No, but that makes sense yeah. to, to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she seemed to be happy with that answer. That, that is a good answer. Mm -hmm. A porn sabbatical is, um, I hear a lot of people talk about how like they're not excited by porn anymore. Mm -hmm. I honestly was never into porn. Yeah. Um, just because <laughs> I like realism. <laughs> you know? Uh huh. So you see a woman orgasming. And yeah. You're and like, I'm Come like, on. that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> yelling and screaming like that. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, if I watched gay porn, like if two women are fucking and their nails are out to here, yeah, I'm like, well, well, the the illusion is broken. Mm -hmm. You you guys might as well break the fourth wall and be like, I'm gonna trim them later. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and are you throwing that both of the women seem straight? Um, no, <laughs> that, that never matter? throws me. That yeah. always, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've I've fallen into that trap before, so it doesn't bother me. You know, uh, I felt so silly when uh, uh, I found out about this, but um, I learned that a gay porn between two men, like two men fucking on camera, sometimes they're straight. Yeah, and I don't know why that didn't occur to me. Like that's so dumb. I was like, yeah, well, straight women fuck for our entertainment, but <laughs> a guy would never do that for money. It's probably like you would never do that I, for money. Yeah, I would make out with Tim Dillon for attention, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because he was such a good kisser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, one last thing on, um, because uh, I guess don't we have to? I'm, I'm actually weirdly looking at the clock, mm -hmm. but I guess it's been an hour. Got it under control. Wow. Oh, mm -hmm. thank. You. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it. I listen. I'm good at keeping time and explaining who Frederick Nietzsche is. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. You were very good at that. Um. I on my podcast sometimes we play a game called Texture Drink where okay. we like go into people's um, phones and scroll for random contact, draft a text to that contact, uh -huh. and then you either give the person permission to send it or you have to drink. Uh -huh. And someone on my phone found the contact Tim Dillon, thinking it was the comedian Tim yeah, Dillon, yeah. <laughs> and I had to explain that it was actually a fully different Tim Dillon, okay, who used to be my boss. Ooh. <laughs> But the text was something like obviously so insane. I can't mm -hmm. remember what it was, but it, having it sent to a non-comedian would have been so bad, yeah. especially to my old boss. Mm -hmm. So I had to, but it was it was interesting because for a second I looked like I just had Tim Dillon's number in my phone. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> yeah, the idea that uh yeah, a, a podcast level message is sent to a guy that you might need to have as a reference. <laughs> yeah, there's been texture drink is really it gets pretty thorny. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm I would not want to play that game, dude. I'm sober, so I don't even have the drink option. That's true. Oh, can you imagine a text is uh to somebody is so bad that I'm like, I'm actually gonna break sobriety <laughs> rather than have that text sent. <laughs> 
We've done it with like coffee before. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I would do it with coffee. Yeah. But I would just, I would take the coffee regardless because I'm addicted to caffeine. Well, that's true. How much caffeine do you drink? Oh, dude, we're going to have to leave that as a cliffhanger <gasps> because we are out of time, Gabby. But can you tell the people where they can find you? Yes. You can follow me at Hip Soccer Mom. Hell yeah. Uh, don't like soccer, not a mom, but <laughs> catchy handle. Mm -hmm. Um, You can follow my podcast, Two Nosy Meerkats, and also... Um, my co-host Claire C. Mikowski and I have a really fun show called Wait But Are You Sure? It's a courtroom show where we judge people's sexual orientations. Uh, judge is a stretch because you you can never really know. So it's obviously just a fucking gimmick. Mm -hmm. But um, our next show is October 26th. So follow us there. Hell yeah. Go to the show on October 26th. Follow Gabby Jordan Brown. She's very funny, as you've heard on the podcast. And remember, folks, early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy and wise. I'm just playing Night Owls. You know I love you. Thank you.